Las Vegas, famous, fabulous playground of the West. A wide open town that never goes to sleep. Vegas! Vegas, baby, Vegas! You're either in or you're out. Right now. My best mates are going to Las Vegas this weekend. I'm told it's incredible. Las Vegas, here we go! Pack your bags and get ready for a different kind of Vegas experience with someone who knows Vegas inside and out. You're listening to Vegas Never Sleeps with Stephen Maggi. Welcome to Vegas Never Sleeps, an audio postcard from the fabulous Las Vegas Strip. I'm Stephen Maggi. Merry Christmas. And if you're like me, you love this time of year. And Christmas in Vegas has its own charm and distinctiveness. All the hotels and casinos are beautifully decorated. There are all sorts of great things to see as well, like the Cosmopolitan. They've got a skating rink that transport you to an interesting mix of Norman Rockwell and an urban skyline. And at FLM Candies, they light up the desert for the holidays. You can also find unique gifts, not just for Christmas, but for all year. And if you love music, do I have a place for you to visit. Today, we head out to Wax Tracks Records, a store that serves residents and visitors alike. Elton John, in fact, has purchased over 11,000 pieces of music there so far, and he says he's not done. And as always, our regulars are here. Scott Robin of VitalVegas.com discusses how things continue to change in Vegas and how the city adapts to cultural changes. Brett Maley of Pawn Stars is back with his Vegas Art Minute. Do you love vintage Vegas? Well, Brett has some ideas how you can bring a little bit of it to your art collection. Of course, Michael Shackelford, also known as the Wizard of Odds, is here. The world of sports has changed with a huge emphasis on analytics. Can all this available information change your odds of the sports book? We'll ask Michael. Finally, our old friend Eddie Osterlin, America's first master sommelier, is back to discuss a Christmas dinner favorite, prime rib paired with Cabernet Sauvignon. There's a place you have to go, and I, I say that it, it is in, incredible. There is a collection of records here that's just hard to believe, and we're here with Rich Rosen. The place is called Wax Tracks. you got to come here. It's, it's hard to believe, and I can send you to the website, but that won't do it justice. Rich, how the heck did you ever come up with all this stuff? I mean, how much, how much stuff is here, for starters? There's about a million units altogether here. I've been doing this since, oh, I don't know, 55 years. Started off in New York, then went to Pennsylvania. After Pennsylvania, came to Vegas. And I'll tell you, Vegas is the best move I've ever made as far as business goes. You know, I mean, I could tell you more stories about that, too. Kind of describe what's going on here. And again, you got to picture a building with three levels and... You may need to go on a diet before you come in here because I got to say, it's hard to move around here. I saw you knocking some things over. <laughs> That's all right. That's all part of the experience, so to speak. You yeah. know? Yeah. We, we specialize in everything memorable uh, CDs, autographs, records, uh, toys, everything, bobbleheads. Elton John loved my bobbleheads. He bought the Beatles. I had all four of the Beatle bobbleheads. So Elton says, No, you don't have them. I have them. So I lost them. He bought them. That's it. Yeah. yeah, so I've been doing this for 55 years, and uh, I like to buy more than I like to sell. 
I imagine you get kind of so a little bit of pride of ownership in some of these things where you kind of hate to give it away, you know, or you know, sell it. But I also buy even middle of the road and other things. I like unknowns, right? So if anybody has any 45s or LPs in their basement, come on down to Wax Tracks or I'll come down to you. And I buy, I buy, I buy. He really does. And I want to talk about some of the weird things in here because there are some, if you can think of it, I'm telling you, Rich has it. Talk about some of the little stranger pieces. That, I mean, there's so many, it's hard to get it down to a few. But give us kind of some of your favorites uh, where you'll only find it here. Well, I actually have Introducing the Beatles, and it's in 3D, the cover, when usually everybody has it as a regular album, minus in 3D. I have uh, Abbey Road, you know, where they're walking, right? right? And it's in 3D. So you see the shoes they're walking are extended. It's, it's beautiful. And I have, um, I have a lot of Elvis stuff. I have an Elvis album still sealed with the banner around it. Everybody, you know, they never see it with the banner intact and still sealed, right? A lot of things like that. A lot of, you know, real one-of-a-kinds. The butcher cover, I have about nine of them. You know, so a lot of people haven't had one in their lifetime. I have nine of them. I'm just lucky, I suppose, because it's worked. Let's put it this way. Well, no, it's absolutely incredible. And, I mean, I, this stuff here, like I saw something for Elvis. It was like Elvis is going to tell you a secret. You know, so some little, like, gimmicky thing that there can't be too many of those around. And now, is that the cassette you saw in no, the packaging? Was a record? Yeah, that could be interesting. I bought it, but, I mean, I just gave it to Jerry to take upstairs somewhere. <laughs> you know, so one day we'll get to that pile, and he'll say to me, where does he want this to go, Rich? And that's when we put it out, you know. Rich, you have any idea what all this is worth? I mean, I, I, there, there are even just a few things I've seen that alone are worth a lot. Well, there's a figure I would take if I ever sold it, but then I'd have to stay home with my wife too long, so it would bother me. I'd be out looking for records 24 hours a day. You know? <laughs> so, no, I don't want to give you a figure that I would sell it for. You have to first see it, because if you look in every drawer, it's loaded with stuff. Here's Beetle memorabilia, you know? Yeah. And every drawer is loaded with stuff. Yeah, it, it's absolutely it, it's absolutely incredible. Like jukeboxes, for example. This is not your typical jukebox. There are some songs there that I've never heard some great stuff. Uh, That's all records that I grew up wanting or had in my own collection. So that's all doo-wop that's in that jukebox. That's a 1952 AMI jukebox. And the reason I like it is because you see the record going around. You're going to see things here that maybe, you know, back in 1964 when you were a little kid, you remember seeing that somewhere. I mean, there's just things that, you know, that aren't famous or anything, but you remember. I know what I was thinking before. We were talking about Resnick's uh, collection. But, like, for instance, uh, Danny and the Juniors at the Hop. Monster, monster seller, right? But that was on ABC Paramount. But the original came out of Philadelphia, Right, and it was on uh, Danny and the Juniors at the Hop. So that's the original label. It came out on Singular. Then you remember in the Still of the Night by the Five Satins when it became the big hit in New York. What they don't know is that it was originally came out in New Haven, Connecticut, and it was out on the Standard label. Uh, the, that's collecting, but to collect the top forty, top fifty, I mean, I've seen a lot of big collections. And it just doesn't impress me. More with Rich Rosen, owner of the incredible Wax Tracks Records, in just a moment. Time now for your Vegas insider, Scott Robin of VitalVegas.com. Today, Scott continues his look at the ever-changing Vegas scene. Things change because the American culture changes. 
Take, for example, the topless reviews on the strip that were so popular in the late 20th century. One of the best uh, competitions for these topless reviews is that there's free porn online pretty much 24-7. Uh, you know, those reviews, uh, they male or female, used to be very um, provocative and considered sexy. And now it's kind of like they're kind of yawners. I mean, they've, they've got decent choreography. Sometimes they'll have a singer. But, the yeah, those the, the, it's comp- more competition for everything, and everybody wants a piece of that pie, whatever it is, whether it's a casino or a hotel or a restaurant or bar. The good news is that there's the quality of everything has gone up because when you have competition like that, everybody's at you know they're at the top of their game. So that's why when you come to Vegas, you know throw a stick and you'll hit one of the best bars or restaurants or shows you'll ever see in your life. And it's because everybody is having a claw and grope and maybe not grope, having a claw uh, their way to just to carve out a piece of that uh, those disposable dollars. Yeah, and I think one thing about Vegas is, you know, if it doesn't work, they'll try something else. You know, maybe we'll all of a sudden see country acts coming in here. I mean, who thought that NASCAR would be a big hit? And it it is. I mean, it's not all year round, obviously. So I I guess that this area is going to be constantly looking for the next new thing. That is uh, one of the great benefits of uh, the people that are in Vegas are always, always ambitious and looking for that what's going to be hot next. They don't tend to be trendsetters kind of overall because uh, the casino industry is notoriously slow, but the emphasis is off of casinos now. So they're being forced to look at entertainment as a driver of revenue, and they're, they're uh, looking at food and beverage as a driver of revenue. So they're, yeah, you will see some of these restaurants, they will go down. Two weeks later, the, the place will be rebranded, redesigned, open again. So there, it's that swimming shark. Vegas is always moving. Uh, it, I don't always know if it's moving in the right direction, but it's absolutely uh, based on what's new and what's next. And if something's slow, that means it's a failure and you, you got to do something else. Scott will be back again next week. Remember to check out VitalVegas.com every day. When it comes to Vegas, you know Scott Robin is simply the best source for inside information. You can also follow Vital Vegas on social media. They're everywhere. You are listening to Vegas Never Sleeps with Stephen Manchi, coast to coast on the Biz Talk Radio Network. Welcome back to Vegas Never Sleeps with Stephen Maggi. You are listening to Rich Rosen, owner of Wax Tracks Records. Well, how did you get into this? You said you've been doing this for a while, but how did you get in, into this thing? And obviously, you've studied the world of music quite, quite closely. I was young. I must have been in my uh, 14, 15, 16 years old. And I sent, sent my father out with a list of records I was looking for. And out of a list of about 20, 25, 30 records, he comes back with four. Now, knowing my father, if I send him in the list, he comes back with the whole list, right? So I'm saying to myself, some of these things are hard to find. That's when I started looking. I worked on Wall Street where I was selling my records while I was supposed to be doing margins, right? So I say to myself that maybe I'm the reason it went out of business because, you know. So all through my life, wherever I went, I used to 
uh, I was in Sam Goody's. At lunchtime, I was out looking for records, and I found a guy. He really started it for me. I found a guy who had a record shop on 47th and Lexington. So I figured since I have the job, I might as well walk in and be arrogant. So I walked in and I said to him, uh, Jay Sonin, his name's Jay Sonin, because I looked you up. Uh, he says, yeah, I'm Jay Sonin. I said, well, I'm Rich Rosen, and I'd like to run your store. He says, I'm in my store. What do you mean? How can you run my store? I said, so you can go running around doing what you got to do. I'll be running your store. He says, I like your attitude. Can I train you for a few weeks? I said, sure. And I, I started working in the store for about eight, ten years. And it was great. You know, I learned a lot of things. I mean, like, here for, here, for instance, he was a shipper to a lot of the other stores in the United States. So we'd get in like uh, 500 to 1,000 copies of Talking Book by Stevie Wonder. And then we'd ship them out to various people. Yeah. yeah, I think they came from Puerto Rico, a lot of these things, you know. <laughs> Gray color or something like that. So that's how I got my start, you know. Then I learned about the Brill Building. You know what the Brill Building is? All right. And all of a sudden, like if I'm walking up the steps and coming down, it could be Neil Diamond, could be Carol King, right? Yeah. So I decided that there has to be records in the Brill, Brill Building, right? In 1697 Broadway. So the Colony Records shop is there, which is very famous in New York, and there's a building above the Colony Records shop. I think it must be 100 stories up, right? So I know the people who own the, own the Colony Records shop. They're out of business now, but I knew them very well. So I said to myself, they're too smart. So they have an office in this building, but have they ever been to the other offices to look for records? They never thought of it. So I walk in and uh, uh, saw, we I think it's Weimar, Weimar Records. I picked up 125, excuse me, 125 copies of, you see that up on top there? That's Mickey Mantle and Teresa Brewer, autographed by Mickey Mantle, picture, and the sheet music, and the buttons. I have the buttons also, you know? And then they had tons and tons of records. So I, I just cleaned it out, and that was the start. It's not just records, primarily records, but there's everything that goes around with this. And I guess you've got kind of an eye to really you're preserving history. It is history. It's history. Because it's not only my favorite doo-wop music or soul music. It's rockabilly music. It's jazz music, blues. I mean, if, if oh, Elton John's one of my customers. If he comes in in the next few days, he's going to first want to know what blues things I just got in. Mm -hmm. Then jazz then soul, then gospel, then he goes to rock and roll. So he covers the whole gambit. He's bought 11,000 albums here. Ooh. Well, I've known him four and a half years, so still a lot of albums. But, you know, when I found Elton, he, had, he already sold all his records to open up an AIDS foundation. So he had no records. I was, like, starting him off with what he was buying from me. Lucky break, you know. It's incredible. You've got other celebrities, you were saying, too, that are interested in coming down here. It's not just Elton, although he may be your most famous. Well, I don't know if I should say this yet because it's still up in the air, but uh, Steven Tyler, maybe, and Lady Gaga, maybe. Whether Lady Gaga buys records or not, I'm not sure, but Steven Tyler does because I filled his want list already. So, you know, maybe we'll be lucky with that in the future. Well, you know, and you got to think, too, when people come here, even if you don't like records, there's plenty of stuff to get. I mean, you have some stuff that isn't even really music-related, but just kind of goes back to those times as if, I mean, it's a nostalgia heaven. Hey, look, I have, I have autographs by, that's autographed by Walt Disney, and the book over here. Now, this is funny. 
and I took it because it said Frank Sinatra, A Man Alone, Rod McEwen. So when I got to the store with it, I looked inside, and it's autographed by Rod McEwen. I looked online, it's worth over $1,000. Books, oh, you know, it's everything that, that's interesting to me. Like, uh, I found this here. A lot of people don't even know it exists. It's Michael Jackson. It's dangerous, and it opens up as a three, 3D wow. thing. Isn't that nice? Yeah. Yeah, so, and that's a CD. So anything that's really interesting interests me. More from the owner of Wax Tracks Records, Rich Rosen, in just a moment. It's time now for your Vegas Art Minute with Brett Maley, art appraiser from Pawn Stars and a co-owner of Art Encounter, the great fine art gallery in Las Vegas. We got a thing in for you. They had a question somebody wanted me to ask you. They said, like, well, you know, the show's about Las Vegas, and it's great that this place is there. What if we're interested in art that has something to do with vintage Vegas? Is there anything Brett could suggest that maybe they could start looking for? For example, like hotels that have since been uh, imploded, that kind of thing. Yeah, you know, when we used to have our original gallery, we used to deal quite a bit with vintage photography. There, the Las Vegas, or was it the, I think it was the Nevada Historical Society, they used to release old vintage photographs of downtown Fremont Street and things, and we used to do quite well. We would frame them up and put vintage poker chips and things like that. So, yes, there there is a market for that, and I would say if they have an interest in that type of photography or that type of uh, archive of old Las Vegas, I could probably find it for them. I'd ask them to, to give Art Encounter a call. Well, that's great. And what about, if, you know, you mentioned pictures, and I think somebody could probably get a good picture. Some Probably a smart visit is to come here and go to the framing thing, because how you frame these things are going to make a big difference in how these things show wherever you're going to put them. Oh, without a doubt, Steve, and I think I've talked to you about it. I've seen our framing department take a $20 poster and make it look like a $20 million art piece, and I've seen million-dollar art pieces with inappropriate frames look like they're garage sale items. So the framing makes a huge difference, and Janella uh, in our framing department, she's our production manager, she is a whiz at framing things in appropriate frames that are quintessential of the period and really evoke, especially on those old Vegas-type items, you know, the old Vegas feel and implement Emitting chips and sometimes different memorabilia into there enhances the effect. You can visit Brett at Art Encounter. Mention you heard about Art Encounter on Vegas Never Sleeps and they'll send you a limo to pick you up from your hotel. Don't forget you can get Hollis Jade's great punk rock group, The Love Zombies, just in time for the holidays. You can get both Love Zombies albums, Passion Fruit and No Slow Songs, live at Abbey Road at their website, which is lovezombiesentertainment.com. You can also get Hollis's solo EP, Strange World, and other merchandise, including T-shirts, handmade items. Go to www.lovezombiesentertainment.com for all of this and more. More with Rich Rosen, owner of the incredible Wax Tracks Records, in just a moment. You are listening to Vegas Never Sleeps with Stephen Manji, nationwide on the BizTalk Radio Network. Hey, hey, what do you say? This is Paul Shortino from Raiding the Rock Vault, and you're listening to Vegas Never Sleeps with Stephen Maggi. Come on, bro, we'll catch a show. Christmas in Las Vegas. You can even bring your mother and she'll discover Christmas on the strip. Now, let's return to Vegas Never Sleeps with Stephen Maggi. 
Today's show is brought to you in part by the Orleans Hotel and Casino, the best deal in Vegas. Great rooms and dining at an incredible price, and it's especially beautiful this time of year. Call for reservations or make them online at orleanscasino.com. You are listening to Rich Rosen, whose Wax Tracks Records is the place to find anything when it comes to popular music. How, and I don't mean to give away trade secrets, but how do you figure out what this stuff is worth? Somebody comes in here and wants to buy it. I mean, is it, is it one of those things where you know off the top of your head there, or do you do research to figure out what actually this is worth if somebody wants to buy it? Now, that, let, me, let me get in here. That was a very good question. All right, back in the day, and back, I don't know, even going back to, uh, even going back to 2000 or 1998, like, like that, you know, um, I used to use my brain. There was no computer. So I'd just bring a, pr- a price out of the air. If I was wrong or whatever, that's it. That's some knowledge from knowing what the business is, right? Now you're dictated by some of the sites on the computer. I hate that. Yeah. I'd love to see all the computers crash, you know, and go back to the old way. Because yeah. I'll pick out an album, like there were two gentlemen here yesterday that um, are performing at the Smith Center as um, the Everly Brothers. Well, they were in here, and they were buying Everly Brothers albums and some rockabilly and some country. So I, they pulled up about five Everly Brothers albums that back in the... 70s, I would sell them for about 150 bucks a piece. Mm-hmm. Now I look online and they were 40 bucks. Really? So I charged them, you know, the 40 bucks. I didn't say, oh, I get 150 bucks for that. Can't do that anymore. Yeah. They dictate the prices to you. So that's why you're kind of trying to look for the odd stuff yeah. and then pray that it's the music is there. Well, part of this, I mean, I think it's a great idea for folks when they come here, and maybe if there's something they want to sell to come. You're willing to look at things, you pay a fair price, and uh, quite frankly, you're open for a lot of things that maybe aren't mainstream. Well, you were here before. The people who came in, they had 18 autographed albums. One was Bob Dylan, uh, two were Jefferson Airplane, and then the balance were all, you know, really not too good, okay? So I told them, do some research, come back to me with a price, and we can talk, we'll see because they had no letters of authenticity or anything like that. Yeah. So that changes the ballpark, you know? I mean, they nev- we never had that in the past, yeah. you know? But now they, char- they think they charge you $300 to get, you know, it, get it uh, authentic, authentic, what's that word? Authentic- certificate of authenticity. Ah, authenticity, <laughs> all right. Well, yeah. Authentic- well, authenticated, no? Yeah, right. That'll okay, work. whatever, I don't know. <laughs> But you're right, and you know people come in and stuff. And I know, like for fans of Pawn Stars, he always brings in. Have they ever brought you over there? Because they should come here and uh, talk to you. One time, I sold uh, a horse and buggy many years, very heavy. You had to put a dime in, and then it goes like this, right? So I I got myself on the horse and buggy, and they came down with the cameras and everything, and uh, I sold it. I mean, uh, I wanted a thousand dollars. I think it was worth more. So they started the bid. I told my son, if I get a thousand, that's it, right? So they started the bidding at five thousand, right? And it went down to three thousand. Then it went down to two. Would anybody pay two thousand? You know, this like that. And then finally they said they have the okay to give me 
I think it was $300 or $400, right? I says, I don't know who you got the okay from, most likely the boss man, yeah. but I won't sell it for a penny less than 1000 They said, all right, we'll take it. You got your 1000 <laughs> So I said to my son, you see, that's how you do the business. I don't care if it's worth 10 Once I give my price, I'm happy with what I get. Right. That's all. And it's going to be fun. I mean, anybody that comes here can sit in there and talk with you. You know about all this stuff, where it comes from. And, you know, I don't know how you can find things in here because there are piles everywhere. I mean, it, it, you have to kind of gingerly walk around. But you say. But you should look you, through the piles and keep them neat because yeah. you can find anything in our piles. Jerry just hasn't had a chance to put them into the walls. And there's not that much space in the walls either, you know? Did you ever think of getting a bigger place? Too old. 77, this place is enough for me. Yeah. Uh, I, I think it kind of makes it part of the fun, actually. If, <laughs> He's my still... son, if my son takes it over, let him either get a bigger place or do whatever he wants, you know? It, it's his, it's his, what's the legacy? So it's his legacy, you know? But, hey, time will tell. What a legacy. You've left him. Oh, my gosh. Again, it's fun to walk around, and it's not just, it's vinyl kind of dominates the place, but there's plenty of CDs, you have cassettes, uh, do you not have 8-tracks? Yeah, I have 8-tracks. Oh, you do? Cassettes are getting bigger now. 8-tracks, eh. But the really? cassettes yeah. are getting bigger, we also have t-shirts, rock and roll t-shirts and stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, no, a little of everything. Now, you grew up, you're, you're a big 50s and 60s fan, right? Right, right. From R&B, doo-wop, to soul. I collect soul ballads, girl groups. I love girl groups. Wow. You know? Big fan of the Phil Spector sound and yeah, all that? Yeah, but I look again. I don't look for Be My Baby. I look for the odder stuff. Yeah. Like, for instance, everybody looks for a record by the Crystals called The Screw. Mm -hmm. So I have a copy of that. Wow. But that's a rare record that never really officially came out. So what's... Okay, those are some of your favorites... Is there anything here, like, where you found something, you heard it, you go, my gosh, this is great, and yet it wasn't a big hit or anything, but it's well, just something you love? something right up there that a guy gave me as a birthday present, and it's Stormy Weather by the Five Shops. Ah. Well, that's the rarest R&B group record. If anybody gets that and brings it in here, you'll really walk away happy. That's the 78 of it, but it's, it's like, made up. It's not real. You see what over there on Jubilee? Yeah. Yeah, that's the record we've been looking for all our lives, you know, and you can't find them. But I found in Jersey in a basement, I found an acetate of it, which blew my mind to get an acetate of it. I still, yeah. I still got that, but I still don't have the actual physical record, and I'd love to get it. Well, this would be a great place for somebody who's cleaning out their parents' uh, attic or something like that and come on down here. That's it. Or I'll come to the attic, wherever it is, you know. I mean, that's, that's it. That's the, uh, you know, it's doing you no good down there. Why not turn it into cash? Absolutely. And as far as content, and look around, a lot of Beatles stuff. Are they the most kind of popular, iconic group that people come in looking for? Right now, yes. Beatles, Led Zeppelin, Pink Floyd. You know, they are The Doors, Queen, Elton John. They are all, you know, most popular groups now that sell the best. Hotel California is one of my best sellers. Uh, Rumors by Fleetwood Mac, another great seller. Then you get into the Beatles. You know, everything. Everything sells by the Beatles. You know? Yeah, the Stones. I forgot the Stones. They're also good. Bob Dylan, also good. Jimi Hendrix. These are people that they, they always walk out with. You'll hear more from Rich Rosen, owner of Wax Tracks Records, in just a moment. Time now for statistician, actuary, and expert in gaming odds and probabilities, 
Michael Shackelford, also known as the Wizard of Odds. More than ever, you as a sports fan have access to statistics and information, but does that help you in the sports book? These guys that are into analytics, you know, ever since uh, Moneyball and so forth, there's a lot of people that, you know, are really into that and think they have an advantage, but I guess those odds makers have that same information. So from a statistical standpoint, you don't really have any kind of advantage because you know that. I do believe there are some really good number crunchers that can gain an edge in sports by doing that. It's really difficult. I don't claim to have that kind of knowledge of sports statistics to do it. But there are some people, and I think it's a very small number, who I, who I do think can beat it. I tend, it's my opinion that usually people with very large amounts of money will, will find these really good handicappers and put them on their payroll. That's why you see that some people that are like Billy Walters that are really well funded and have access to very good handicappers, the sports books fear these guys and will know who their runners are. And then it becomes a, a problem of, of getting money down. I could talk about it all day. Part of this, and I got this from going through your website, is it's a matter, too, of some of this stuff just won't be fun for people because the kind of work it really takes to really have this you know, very small percentage advantage for a lot of people just isn't worth the time. Absolutely. I, yeah, I agree 100% that if it's fun for you to look at all kinds of statistics before you make your bet, I applaud that. I applaud thinking about things critically and mathematically and trying to make an educated bet. Nevertheless, don't delude yourself that just having a, an amateur level of handicapping is going to, you're going to be able to, to beat the house advantage, to, to beat the juice. No, I don't think so. I think it may help, but yeah, I don't think that you're going to make a living doing it. The Wizard returns again next week with more advice. More with Rich Rosen, owner of the incredible Wax Tracks Records, in just a moment. You're listening to Vegas Never Sleeps with Stephen Maggi, coast to coast on the BizTalk Radio Network. You're listening to Vegas Never Sleeps with Stephen Maggi. You are listening to the owner of Wax Tracks Records, Rich Rosen, whose biggest fan just may be Sir Elton John, who always is checking in to see what's new. One of the things I enjoy, Rich, are uh, live albums. Some are better than others, but do you have some really unique live albums? You know, because I would think at a place like Vegas, for example, there might be people that put on concerts here, and we forget how good those were, and they were here, and you can find them somewhere. You should look in that first section over there. You'll find... You find a lot of people you know doing live albums. I don't, I don't think there's been one time, if I couldn't get it within three or four days, one time in the last 40 years, uh, I'd be surprised. Yeah. Really. I mean, so like somebody sent me a want list uh, yesterday, and I have two of the things on the want list, and there's about eight. So I can get through my contacts the other six within a week. Wow. Yeah. So that's great. If you 
something you're looking at in particular, you need to call Rich, and yeah. uh, he'll help you find that. Uh, just a couple of other things, Rich, uh, as these things go. You want to give that phone number? Yeah, wants to do that. 702, area code, 362-4300, and my cell is 702-496-0918. You know, you have all these great stories having gone through all this. Was, what was like your favorite find that where you just found something and you went after it and all of a sudden it popped up? Well, not too long ago. I don't know if I should tell this story. How far do you get out of Vegas? You go all over the country. I don't know. I don't want to tell this story. I'll tell this story anyway. Right. One day I went down to Pahrump to buy uh, autographs. So they had uh, autograph, a autograph from Marilyn Monroe and a bunch of Betty Page. I mean, that's the Betty Page right on that wall there. And uh, then he had, uh, I think, 1,500 DVDs and a lot of books about Betty Page and crumb and things like that and records too i mean you know it was a little of everything so i have in my hand i was going to hand him a thousand dollars right so then he takes me into the garage and he has this jukebox not plugged in or anything and i said well tell me something about the jukebox he says i can't it was my brother's he's dead right i said you mean it could be an empty box he says i'm sure it's an empty box so i says do you think it works he says i don't know if it works I says, well, I mean, I would take the jukebox also. All right, here, I'll tell you what, I'll give you $1,000. He says, all right, I'll take it. I was going to give him the $1,000 without the jukebox. So I ended up giving $1,000 with the jukebox. So, I mean, you know, that, that's what I got. Like, you know, look at this right behind you. A picture autographed by Groucho. Remember Groucho Marx? Oh, yeah. That's autographed by Groucho. Then there's one autographed by Dion and the Belmonts. You know, so all that's over here, you know. you got to come and look at the walls. You'll love the walls here. The walls, watch where you step. The ceilings, look at the ceilings. Yeah, there's there's not a, a speck of wasted space. I challenge people. I to... something that's coming over here with Frank Sinatra, right here. And you have that kind of, rat, if people are in the Rat Pack Vintage Vegas stuff, you, like, you have that? John, you like the Frank Sinatra stuff? Uh, a little bit. Oh, okay, I won't show you what I got. Yeah. <laughs> it would be wasted on your eyes. <laughs> Well, shrivel up and die. I'm more a Dean fan. Well, all right. So, no, I could understand that. He's a good singer, too. <laughs> and what about, uh, do you have, like, posters or, or things from uh, various concerts, that kind of thing? Yeah, I got some of the old um, show posters from Alan Freed's days, rock and roll posters, all the way up to Metallica. I just bought, uh, about a week ago, 28 Metallica posters. The Bill Graham stuff? That's, that what, that's what they like, exactly yeah. like Bill Graham, you know? Wow. Yeah, so I bought 20, 28 of those. They were in beautiful shape. Well, and the Alan Freed stuff, I would love that because I look at that and I think to myself, you know, that's rock history right there. I, ha- I have an Alan Freed tote bag. <laughs> His picture's on it. Tote bag. <laughs> I can't show it to you. Sonny took it. That's my wife. Yeah. So she has it in the house, you know, as a showpiece. So does your wife get to keep the things she really likes? She can pull them out of here? As long as she's still married to me. Otherwise, she leaves, she leaves, period. <laughs> yeah. Rich, thanks so much. Go visit Rich Rose. Thank you very much. Appreciate Thank it. Thank you, sir. America's first master sommelier is here. We are happy to have Eddie Osterlin back with us to discuss Christmas dinner. What to serve and what to drink is today's topic. Christmas time, I love a prime rib. It's one of the few times you, you get one, you know, at least at home, you know. Uh, any suggestions for that? How do I kick that particularly up a little bit and do a little more with my prime rib? 
Well, I'm, I'm, I'm like you. I have primary probably once a year, and it's always at Christmas. And, you know, again, it depends on your own personal favorites. Um, but if you don't put too much heavy, rich sauces on it, uh, prime rib and Cabernet Sauvignon are, are, are made for each other. And, of course, Cabernet Sauvignon is called, well, it's the key grape in Bordeaux, although there are four other blends of Merlot and Petit Verdot and Malbec and Cabernet Franc. But um, so I, you know, I mean, everybody can do Cabernet, which it's great. You can't go wrong with that. Um, I think what I would do is I would do a, a, what I call a new world versus old world celebration and have a California Cabernet and compare that to the French counterpart that has the Cabernet blend. So you've got, again, that intellectual something to talk about before dinner. Because if you serve one wine, what is it? Well, it's better than iced tea. Um, you know, it tastes like, well, it tastes like wine. It tastes like a Cabernet, but there's not much to talk about. But when you have two of them side by side, especially if you don't tell the people what's what, You've got conversation going with your friends, and it's all about you know, developing some kind of vernacular or, or conversation between these people that makes the party much better than just come in here and here's something, you know, liquor's quicker, do you want that, or we'll have wine? You know, come on. <laughs> wine is way more than that. Thanks, Eddie. Speaking of prime rib, the holidays bring us a bevy of wonderful food. But then the new year comes around, and suddenly we're looking in the mirror, and we say, oh my gosh, how do we get back in shape? How are we going to do that? Well, if you're looking for a program that will help you do it without breaking the bank, check out Beachbody On Demand. They've got many options to address your individual needs that are both affordable and effective. Check them out by simply emailing them at fitfab2020 at gmail.com. That's Beachbody On Demand. You email them at fitfab2020 at gmail.com. Thanks for joining us today. Next week, join us for our New Year's Eve show, which features great champagne, courtesy of the Vegas Golden Knights. From all of us at Vegas Never Sleeps, have a very Merry Christmas. Don't forget to follow us on all the social media platforms, including Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Have a great weekend. This is Stephen Manchie reminding you, Vegas Never Sleeps. Yeah.